Welcome to another week on Let's Get Real with Coach Menachem Show, Sunday Nights. Originally a Zoom interactive platform where we discuss real life scenarios with real live people. Hi everybody, welcome here to tonight's share with Coach Menachem Barenfeld, Let's Get Real program tonight. We're excited to have share 113, and we brought Rabbi Shol Brog here to knock the ilm into the into into the real world. So Baruch Hashem is going to be a powerful share. We're looking forward. Again, I always start off every week first for the, the listeners every week for listening and posting on the WhatsApp statuses and emailing people about it, and letting people know about it. I send it out to the ilm in Cleveland, the ilm Shkaman, and uh, we really appreciate it. Again, tonight it's a share. Shichs Chaverim. And uh, we're really here to get to some uh, deep, deep concepts and really grow together. So let's let's all do that. Let's be zoicha tonight. Again, if anybody wants to join, I send out the flyers every Sunday. You can WhatsApp me at 848-525-0066. My number is 848-525-0066. You can go to menachembarenfeld.com. He signed up to his emails. He emails you the, the reshears for the week, and he emails you the recordings. I'm not sure we could always be part of it. And again, I say not every shear is negate for every single person. Some shear are very specific. But it's negated to a lot of people. And tonight's share is obviously negated to every single person in the world that exists. But uh, should always, if you can come on, let people know about it and be mechazic people. Anybody who's watching the replay of this on YouTube, click on the like button or the subscribe button. The Menachem uploads the share. You get the ding and you know about it. You get to watch it, Menachem. And you get mechazic yourself and send it around to other people. Let's start off first with thanking all our advertising sponsors for promoting us. First, the Lakewood, the Lakewood Scoop for promoting us here in Lakewood every week. Thank you to Rabbi Yenif and Chazak. Morning, us on all the Chazak channels, and a special thank you to Ellie and Ariel from Five Town Central who puts it on their websites every week. The Five Town Central, and again, a special thank you to Chayla Kaplan Shmuel Summer from JCM from the Jewish Content Network for always promoting us across all the Jewish digital platforms. Again, if anybody's here the first time, every Sunday night at 9 30 Eastern Time on this Zoom ID, we have different topics, different shirim, and uh, Shem, it's, been, it's been an amazing journey and it keeps on growing. And Please let people know about it. Next Sunday, we're going to have the flyer was a little bit changed. We're supposed to have Rabbi Sinclair from Eretz Yisrael come on, but uh, he had a situation he could not. So Mitch Shem is going to come on in November. So next week will be Rabbi Shmuel Reichman. His topic is discussing how to journey to your ultimate self. And in the world of constant struggle of overwhelm, how do we achieve greatness in terror, professionalism, relationships, and just finding your inner self. That's what he wants to talk about. And um, right, one second. Hold on one second. And that's going to be amazing. And then the following week, we have a, we have a whole lineup, Mitchum. So it's going to be Gwaldik, and we're looking forward. Please join us next week as well. Um, tonight's show, we have the schus in the honor of having world famous Rabbi Shlomo Brag. I'm going to say something, Rabbi Brag. Rabbi beforehand. From all the speakers I had on, I put on Rabbi Shlomo Brag. I posted. I hope people know on the most feedback that Rabbi Brag was coming on. He had people that were mamish excited that he was coming on. I see them from all over the world. People told me a lady called me, Rabbi Brag. I don't know if you know this. She said she's going through tremendous, very difficult, massive. And she listened to all Yeshurim. She gives her, she has no worries. She has zero. She 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 deals with everything Maridik. So I said, okay, Maridik, good to know. So I'm just repeating that to you. The channel should be Zoicha to be uh, a lot of people tonight. And uh, it should be good. Tonight's year is year 113. It's the Gematria. It equals 113. So Rabbi we're going to bring you on a long time ago, but we had to fit it in with the Gematria. So I'm sorry I had to make you wait, but now. Now, now it's the right time. So um, that's Maridik. Okay. And um, again, we're going to start off first with, uh, with the opening statement from Coach Menachem Berenfeld. 
Coach Menachem, tonight's the, the topic that we, we always want to clarify more and more. So, Zog, what are we here? What yes. are we doing tonight? Yes, 100%. And like you said, this is uh, something that all, you know, we're all trying to figure out in our lives. And so, yes, I do want to welcome everyone for coming tonight. Baruch Hashem, with Lara Siyat Adishmaya, Shir number 113. And we have this host to have Rabbi Brag with us. And uh, Baruch Hashem, this is something that he talks about, and he helps a lot of Eden, and he helps them to actually live it. So here we are, Mitzvah Hashem. Get your pen and pencil ready, or pen or pencil. Write, it, write down your questions, ask them live. Now is the time. We benchish Chodesh El already, and uh, we all know when El comes, we try to make Cheshbon Nefesh, Veshashana, and we we even we go in with with Bitachin, and uh, some understand it and some don't. Some Yira Pachat Gilberada, how exactly do we apply the Bitachin? So the truth is, we all want to have Bitachin, and especially. If by having betochen, we have menuchas anefesh. So isn't that the, the one thing that everybody wants to be able to live, relax, gishmaka life? Now, the Chavis Havava says, if you have betochen, it's menuchas anefesh. So, so let's go. I want to buy it. Where can we buy it? <laughs> the problem is that many people are have, have a struggle. They're anxious and they're not sure if Hashem is going to kick in. They're waiting for the Yeshua. They're not sure if and how. And then they feel they have to do it on their own because it's not working. And then there are many people who walk around saying, Bar, you know, they say, Bar Hashem, you know, my life is what it looks like. And really deep down, they don't feel good. They're not happy. And But they do say Hashem runs the world. And if this is what Hashem wants, then so this is it. But I don't think that's the, doesn't sound like Betachin. Because I believe if it would be Betachin, he'd be a little bit more excited about life, just walking around saying, Bar Hashem, Bar Hashem, this is what Hashem wants, whatever. It's like, it's like a matzah of whatever. I, wouldn't, I, I hope that's not what we're looking for. So the truth is there are two, there are two ideas. One is the concept of Betachin, to understand that everything is Hashem. And then we have the next step is to be able to live it in our lives. I think many people listen to the concept, hear the concept over and over. So they believe that the concept they have, but they struggle in the, in the Lemaisa, how do we put it into life? But I believe the thought that I had, I think we need to reevaluate the concept to get clear what the concept is. And, and the Mitzvah with understanding better the concept, it's gonna make it a little bit easier for us to apply it in our life in Mitz Hashem. So my tefillah is to Hashem, Hashem, help me have betachen, that tonight's program, you know, everybody should be able to hear what they need to hear and grow from it, to be able to take what it is, to apply it to their lives. So yes, we should start living connected to Hashem with Menuchas HaNefesh, and everybody should be able to apply it wherever they are. And the Mitzvah Shem, we shall have a lot of Siyat And thank you, Rabbi Brock, for being with us tonight. And the Mitzvah Shem, your words should be able to go in. We should be able to accept and take it practical into our lives. Shkoyach. Shkoyach, Beautiful opening.
So again, if anybody's here tonight, the overview tonight of tonight's show, what we're trying to discuss is the fundamental steps first to acquiring betochen, and then dealing with some of the toughest challenges in life and finding Hashem's message in them. So uh, should be a murder to share. We have a lot of questions that came in. I mentioned I know a lot of people want to ask live. We're going to make a list. Tonight's show was sponsored by my cousin, Ari and Ruthie Parnas, the Il Nishmas, my great uncle, Rabbi Avram Zev and Rabbi Sacher. It's also a special for Etta Rezel, Bas Shoshana, Bas Rus, for a family friend of Yitzhak Ben Chana Gittel. Etta Rezel, Shana Bas Rus. And tonight, uh, somebody who's, I was just handling before, uh, 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 somebody that my wife knows very well, um, she's actually having a brain surgery right now. So I think it's all the hundreds of people mentioned that are here now. The thousands of people that were here this year, we discuss for her. Um, her name is Hanabas Burial. Hanabas Burial. She discuss for her. She's everything. She's all for her. And Shem, uh, we'll discuss for all these people. Okay, Rabbi Yisrael, I'm going to read your short bio, and then we're going to the floor is yours. Rabbi Yisrael Brag, Rosh Hashiv of Tveris, a Vigdor in, in Wycliffe, Ohio, the son of Rabbi Shmuel of Chonenbrag, and the grandson of Rabbi Vigdor Millis, Zechitzadikavrocha. And he is one of today's most prominent speakers in the topics of Amun and Betachin. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Rabbi Yisrael, Shkoyach, for joining us. Tzchos, floor is yours. Bruchim Aboy, welcome to all my brothers and sisters throughout this program. It is with great joy that I'm hopeful that tonight, I should be able to share with you understandings and teachings that I have learned and worked on from the age of 18 years old. And I came to the realization that there is no factor that plays such a role in every single step of our lives, our parents' lives, our children's lives, our employers' lives. There's nothing that's remotely like it. I then found in the Vilna Goyen, the Vilna Goyen says, Bitochen is the foundation of everything. Now, people hear stories of Bitochen, they say, wow, that's great. I wish I had Bitochen. I wish I had Bitochen. How do I get Bitochen? Some people try to convince themselves that if they wished they had Bitochen, Wishful thinking would bring bitach. Now that's a wish. That's what you wait when the genie comes to you, and he comes to you and he says, make a wish. So you say, I wish I had bitach. But that's not called having bitach or acquiring bitach. Step one, you have to realize is that life, not only in individual cases, for every single situation, it's made up of a series of steps. And each step in life creates its own insecurities, its own fears. Little children 
have fears. They don't know about the world at all. But they're afraid of the dark. They're afraid of dogs. They're afraid of uh, threatening figures, people who they heard are scary, and so on and so forth. They heard of car accidents. They get afraid of cars. Anxiety is prevalent in almost every person's life to some degree, not necessarily debilitating anxiety, but there is anxiety. And the question is, what tool does Hashem grant us to utilize to be able to face every single fear and every single challenge and overcome it. <clears throat> the one common denominator that you're going to deal with going through school, passing every test in school, having friends, will you go to camp? Will you go on vacation? How will you pay for the bris? How will you pay for your rent? How will you pay for your mortgage? How will you pay for your house? How will you pay for the bar mitzvah? How will you pay for the chasinah? Will you get married? Will you not get married? Will you find the right chidduch? Will you have children? Will you not have children? Will you have shalom bayis? Will you not have shalom bayis? Will you find a job? Will you find a parnasa? Will you find a koil that pays? Will you find a supporter? Will your in-laws support you? This is the stuff that life is made of. And every single individual faces these challenges. And the one thing that HaKadosh Baruch gave us, he implanted within us, is Amuna. And Amuna brings to Bitach. The fruit of Amuna is Bitach. Abiruchim calls it that Amuna is a mida within every person. Hashem implants an awareness. We're all made up of a chelik elikamima. We all have Hashem inherently within us. You don't have to bring Hashem into yourself. Hashem is in, inside of you. If you're Jewish, you have a neshama, so you have a chedek Hashem is with you 24-7. That awareness that Hashem is with you is supposed to build your bitach. How so? When a person develops, he realizes that he has no control over his development. There's no one in the world that could develop healthy kidneys, healthy lungs, healthy heart, healthy brain, healthy intestines, healthy knees, healthy hands. No. The only one that maintains my health is HaKadosh Baruch HaKoyl Bidei Shemayim. HaKadosh Baruch Hu takes care of me 24-7. Now, 
Now, it's really a pella that everybody doesn't have bitachin. Have you ever met a child that doesn't rely on his parents? It's a natural factor. We all grew up in homes, generally with two parents, sometimes with one parent. And if you're raised in a home in a normal fashion, what happens is you're taken care of, you're provided for, you're fed, you're clothed, you're given room and board, you're given vacations. Hakol, bakol, mikol, koil is provided for you by your parents. Most people, therefore, rely on their parents. That's an amazing thing. Is that a difficult concept? No. If I meet a child who doesn't rely on their parents, it's an indication either that they were orphaned or they were brought up in a very unhealthy home. Because in a healthy home, parents provide for children. That is the blueprint of the world and my bitachin in Hashem. As you get older, you realize that your parents have no power whatsoever. Your mother can't decide whether tomorrow you're going to camp or you're not going to camp. She can tell you, we hope to send you to camp. And then you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're all excited because you're sure she's going to do it. But she's a toothless tiger. She doesn't have any kayak. She can't make a decision like that. She can't make a decision you're going to go on a trip or what school you're going to go to. She can't even get you into a school. But there are some people that rely on their parents' pull and their parents' push. I'm going to get into the school. I tell somebody, your parents have no shaykhs. That a person has natural reliance on somebody who fed him and provided for him day by day by day. The only one who truly provided for us was not your parents. It looked like it was your parents, but it was Hashem. And Hashem said, some kids are going to go to this camp. Some kids are going to attend to this camp. Some kids are going to go to day camp. Not with your parents or what they could afford, what they can't afford. It has to do with what Hashem decided. And every single thing in your life, is decided when you sit and think about what Hashem did for you and what Hashem provided for you, you are going to become naturally so overwhelmed with trust and reliance because you finally tapped into the source of all source, the power of all powers that could never be diminished. The one that cares to me, people ask me, why am I so certain? And I ask them, are you certain that tomorrow your mother's going to make you breakfast? If you're not, I feel bad. Because most people trust that their mother tomorrow will provide me breakfast. How do you know? Did you see your mother going to buy breakfast for you yesterday to make sure you have it today? No. But every day in your life, you were given breakfast by a mother, so you know you're going to get breakfast right there. Hashem takes care of us every single day. 
He watched over my health every single day. Did I ever get sick in my life? Sure. When I was a child, I had a hernia one year. One year I had appendicitis. Did I get better? Sure. Hashem always is there for me. So I'm sure Hashem's going to always be there for me. Besides, Hashem has a special department called if Hashem kept me healthy and he's a special doctor for Chayli Amma Yisrael and I belong to the Am Yisrael, of course I had to deal with the Chayli. I had to get sick. But that doesn't mean I should have any less bitachim that I'm not going to get better. Of course I'm going to get healed. If I go to a good doctor, do I feel he's going to heal me? Of course I rely on a doctor, even though it's Shtusim Bahabolim to rely on a doctor. Because no doctor has any power whatsoever to decide if you're going to get better. You're not going to get better. But Hashem has that power. So I know I'm going to get better. I'm not worried how I'm going to pay my mortgage next month. Because <clears throat> Till this age, I never lacked for a month without a roof over my head. And Hashem provided for it. So he's not going to buy it the next month. So are there blips in people's lives? Sure. And you have to analyze each blip. Why is it like that? I get to calls to so many people tell me, I'm going to be out on the street. I'm talking like a fool. I said, I would have thought that in Lakewood, New Jersey, they used to have this homeless shelter downtown. And every time I used to come to Lakewood, I used to drive by it. And every time I would stop and I would look through the, the, the people there. My wife here said, what are you looking for? I said, I want to see if there are any Jews here. I said, there's thousands of you in the light. They don't have money. They live in a stand for the government assistance. How's it? It's got to be at least five, ten families. There's much more Jews in Lakewood than there are Mexicans. And Mexicans work hard. And they don't have houses. Shouldn't it be like that for Jews? It never happened. It's unheard of. It's so rare that if a guy is worried about it, something's wrong upstairs in his head. I know I'm going to be able to pay my rent. I'm going to pay my bills. I'm going to get bar mitzvah. I'm going to pay for the bar mitzvahs. You're going to get married. You're going to support your kids if they're royal for it. And if you want to be part of that program, and if you want to marry your kids off and send your kids to yeshiva and pay for the exorbitant tuition that people say they are, you think Hashem does not know what you need. If you think about what Hashem provides financially, it's mind-boggling because Hashem doesn't provide for me my minimal needs. I have maximum. I don't, even, I don't just have one fruit in my house. I have a sort of, you think I have had a fruit farm. If you came to my freezer, you'd think I was a shaykhet who owned a, a major meatpacking plant and a chicken plant. I have all types and all kinds. Don't ask. Not just one little row, row of chat meat. Who gave it to me? Hashem. So am I misopic that Hashem won't give me everything that I want? You don't have to look at somebody else to see, how come I don't have what he had? You can have the same thing. All you have to have 
is to come to the awareness of what Hashem has done for If somebody would tell me that he relies on his parents, I tell him, then you're out of your mind for not relying on Hashem. Because as you grow older, you realize your parents don't have the ability to be relied on. I don't care if your father pulls to sleep, but everything you know you have is that COVID Hashemai. So what are you worried about? Hashem can provide you with the cars. Hashem can provide you money to support your children, to make weddings. You don't have to go cheap. You don't have to go low. You have to live within your means, but you have to be by Now, if you don't rely on Hashem, it's like somebody telling me, you know, I have a neighbor, very good to his kids, sends him to camp, sends him to, I'm by he's going to send my kids to camp too. What I tell him, you're stick a fool because your neighbor ain't concerned about you. You know, he's a very nice guy. He's a very nice guy, but he's sending his kids to camp and your kids are going to get schmecked up. They'll get a, a lollipop. That's the most they're going to get. But so who cares what somebody else has? Look what you have. Your only thing you should focus on is your relationship with Hashem. I get over the years, maybe hundreds of calls from people late with, I need a house. I said, go buy one. Did, I, did, I, did you ever have a night without a house? In your life, it's one night, unless you chose to be a camper. But if it's not your thing, did you ever have one night? Why can't you buy a house? You have a wife? You have a kid? Of course you're going to have a house. I can't think how many guys said you're thinking about a house. Of course you can buy a house. But you have to, not because of me, but because I'm telling you, Hashem's going to give you a house. And if you understand that Hashem's going to give you a house, you're going to have a house. And if you understand your kids are going to get better, your kid will get better. Now, I tell people, Bitochen doesn't work if somebody's destiny was to live for 10 years. A lot of the shamans come to this world and the ticket is for 10 years, for 15 years, for 30 years, 35 years, that's their tikkun. And once Hashem takes you out of this world, we talking can't make you live more than 120. But it doesn't mean you shouldn't have bitach. I've told many a person who was on their deathbed that even now Hashem wants you to rely on it because we don't know for sure what his plan is. Hashem wants a Jew in any situation that he is to have bitachin in Hashem, that he's going to get better. And he will get, not he could get better, he will get better. I have a personal back. And then you have, what you gain from all this is, you gain menuchas hanefesh. When you have bitachin, and I want to tell you what the word bitachin means. Ben Bechayah says the word bitachin means from haftach, it's like a promise. <clears throat> I feel that my mother promised me sending me to high school, sending me to Israel, she's sending me to camp, she's sending me to vacation, she's giving me food. It's a promise. I'm batuach. She didn't have to say, I promise you. I feel my boat in the same way I feel in many areas of my life that Hashem is my bitach. And I'm bitach in Hashem. Welcome to each one in his own world. Every single person listening, hearing, could sit down 
and the chazer over again and again and again. The awareness, the degree, the extreme degree that Hashem is out to help you and he helps you. How could you not rely on him? It doesn't make any sense to me. Beautiful opening. Okay, we're going to take a poll, take a break for a minute. We have a lot of questions, so it's going to be muridic. We're going to clarify everything. So let's Hopefully. Take, let's, well, yeah, have I have a talking. Let's start with the poll. Okay, two-question poll. Everybody answer honestly what you feel. What do, what do you think is the definition of betachem? Three, three choices. Hashem will do what is ultimate good slash best in his eyes. So that's betachem, whatever Hashem, ultimately it's for what Hashem feels is good. Answer two, Hashem will grant me what I want and think is the best for me if I really, really believe in it. That's option two. Option three, I'm safe in his hand no matter what happens. Just three concepts. Answer which one you think, you know, relates to you. And then we'll, Rabbi Brago, we'll hazard it. Every person, depending on his relationship with Hashem, determines the bitachin he has. I'm going to use that muscle of the mother. I had bitachin that my mother was going to give me cereal every day. In my house, to get sunny side ups was a special. We had 10 kids, and to my mother, to make sunny side ups for all of us was a special occasion. I didn't have the bitachin that was going to happen every day. Now, there may be some kids who get sunny sides up every day. So they're confident, sunny sides up. Some kids get waffles. Everybody, depending on his relationship with Hashem and what he sees and feels that Hashem has provided with him, can in that way feel in this area, in whatever area he's challenged in, that he's going to get what he wants. I want my child to get married, so I have to have a shidduch. I believe Hashem is sending a shidduch. I don't have to do anything. I don't need to do anything. No one could help me. No one could assist me. No one could put anything to help me out. It's coming from Hashem. I believe that. It happens. You don't believe that? So then, be my guest. Go speak to all the Shadchanim and Lakrim. Let me just read the second poll and then we'll, then we'll see whatever right. we'll get into it. The second question was, what do you personally do to strengthen your talking? Five options. Number one, thanking Hashem for all the good despite the challenge. Number two, listening to inspirational stories of Muna B'Tachan. Number three, davening into Hillam. Number four, taking small actions that demonstrate Muna even though you're not really holding there. Or number five, I get nervous about the, what the future holds. I can't do nothing. The Betzim can't do nothing. They, to, 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 to. The only way to be mechazik your Muna B'Tachan is by strengthening your awareness of the chesed that Hashem does for you in the past and in the present. That's all you need. So basically what everybody's answering, 59% of the people said, thank you, Hashem, for all the... Okay, let me share with everybody. Let me share the poem. Let me share with not everybody. thank you. It's not thank you. It's awareness. Let me share what everybody said, yeah. and we'll, we'll get into okay. it. Okay, okay. Okay, so the first question, what do you think the definition of talking? 43% of the people feel Hashem will do what is ultimately good slash best in Hashem's eyes. And 48% of the people say, I'm safe, in safe hands no matter what happens. Only 8% say, Hashem will grant me what I want and think is the best if I really, really believe in it. So again, I just told you. That means I want to buy a house in Lakewood that even though I can't afford, 
even if I believe, 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 it doesn't mean Hashem is going to give it to me. If you have a, a relationship with Hashem and you acknowledge that Hashem provided for you a home in Lakewood, a roof in Lakewood all of your life, you're 40 years old and you have seven kids and Hashem all your life you lived in Lakewood, you have any suffix and Hashem now wants you to move to Texas? What kind of nonsense is that? You don't have to move to Cleveland. Now, sometimes Hashem has people he wants to move. So Hashem arranges for them to move. But you can have to be talking that Hashem is going to continue the process that he started for 40, he established for 45 years in your life to the next 120 years. So does that go on luxuries as well or not? So luxuries is another level. When you have, yeah, potentially it's shaykh luxuries. But you first have to have a real good relationship with Hashem and feel his kindness on all the most basic areas of your life before you graduate to say, now, can I have luxuries? And if you build a relationship, you can definitely get luxuries. Okay, we got some questions that we'll get to. We're going to clarify. Sure, sure. The, the second question, 59, the, the five answers, the bottom line is most people are saying, thanking Hashem for all the good despite the challenge. That's how they strengthen the Tachim. Uh, Brad, what's the way to strengthen the Tachim? No, I want, to, I want to change that thanking. They oh, say thanking say it Hashem. Is. Change it. Just say it. It's not thanking Hashem. It's awareness. It's an awareness. It's not thanking. If I know that the dentist is my father, I'm not thanking him. I'm aware he's my dentist. That awareness makes me not worried about dental bills and getting ripped off by a dentist because my father is the dentist. I'm not thanking him. It has nothing to do with thanking. It has thanking is a curse of is another whole aspect. This is awareness of that Hashem is my father. Okay. Okay, we got a few questions. A lot of people want to ask live. How many live here? Okay, we'll start with a few and then we're gonna to go to the live, okay? Good. First question. Let's 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 get warmed up. First question, Rabbi Brog. I know the basics of believing and trusting in Hashem. I went to Yeshiva all the years, and even yesterday as an adult, I am still struggling with the Muna Batakan. What are my first baby steps of acquiring Batakan in the Muna? Okay. First baby step. That's the title of the share. First baby step is this questioner, tragically, is like an orphan. He's like a Yosem who never grew up with a father and a mother, and he never built uh, a relationship where he has on who to rely on. Now, he, he had a relationship. Hashem took care of him all his life. Hashem provided for him all his life. Hashem put him through unbelievable things, but he didn't think that that created a relationship. I tell people like this, could you imagine, I always say, if somebody came over to me and said, Rabbi Bragg, I like your classes. And as a chorus of times, for your classes, you know what I want to do? I want to present you with a present of $100,000. Now, would I ever forget that present? No, I'd hug the guy. I pumped the guy's hand. I would feel this is my, I got something. I have a stake. We get much more from Hashem, but we don't feel that relationship with Hashem. Why not? Because you don't concentrate on that. 
you don't feel honestly that Hashem is providing for you. So it's an awareness that Hashem is providing. I will tell you a story now. It's a famous story of mine. Many of you may have heard it, but you can always say it over 50 times again. There's a young lady from Kiryat Sefer that called me up one day. She was crying on the phone. And she said to me that she wants to know if she should sell her apartment in Kiryat Sefer and buy in a new development. So why would you do that? So we ran up debt for $15,000 and we can't take it anymore. My husband's sitting in Kailu and we decided we're gonna have belt tightening and we stopped eating meat on the weekday and chicken on the weekday. And then we, did, we, we cut corners and then we just, I decided I'm gonna go do sponger in people's houses. I said, which people? In Kiratay from my neighbor's house, I don't have a car. I said, you did such a thing? He said, yes. It was serious steps. <clears throat> I did it and I knocked the debt down to $8,000. And now I can't do it anymore. So I'm asking if I could sell our apartment, move to new development, start over again, and in the change, after all the course, we figured out we could have $8,000. I said, chas for show. Don't even think about it. I told him, do you think Hashem is proud of you that you went and cleaned the tables? He said, yes. I said, most people would say, agree with you. Hashem is not proud of you. She said, why not? I said, imagine your name was Reich. And you had the same problem. You had a $15,000 debt. And you told your husband one day, I can't live with this debt. And I decided to do sponge. You went to somebody's house. And you started spongering. They said, what's your maiden name? And you said, Reichman. Said, Reichman from where? Uh, Reichman from Toronto. The, the right, the, the correct Reichman? The Moshe Reichman? Yeah, from Israel. What are you doing sponge for? My father helped me so much in my life already. I don't want to bother anymore. We had some debt. I figured out the Moshe Nefesh. Now, if your father, Reichman, would hear about that, you think he'd be proud of his daughter, her tzitkis, or he would call her up on the phone and say, you're in the covenant of your father, in the covenant of your family. I'm just a kind person. I would give $15,000 to my enemy, to my daughter. I wouldn't give $15,000 extra. That's not a nice thing. I said, Hashem is your father. Hashem loves you. Hashem cares for you. Why don't you turn to Hashem? She said, I did. I said, how? She said, I cried to Hashem. You cried. You don't cry to Hashem. If, 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 if your father's name was Reich, you cry to him for $15,000. No, you call him and say, Pop, I got a $15,000 debt. Could you please wire me the money? Go ahead, my daughter. Take a couple extra bucks, just, just extras, and go and take your husband on a vacation. You don't, you don't cry. What are you crying for? You know why you cry? Because you think you're talking to the government. You think you're talking to a government office. You're talking to a welfare office. So she said to me, I, don't, I never had a father. My father left the house when I was, before I was one, and I don't have a father. So I explained what a father is. I said, a father is somebody who cares. He wants the best for his child. Now, most parents can't help their children. They're in charge. Hashem is. But you, ask, you're the avi, you have a Yavi Yasim. Hashem is your father, your real father. And Hashem will help you with like nothing. 
you're good people. Maybe we don't deserve it. Don't deserve it. I said, if you don't deserve it, who does deserve it? I said, you people are tzaddikim. You're living up in Taira. Your husband's sitting here learning. You're staying. You're raising them from a home up in Taira. What are you buying them on the Israel? You, what, what are you talking about? I said, go into a room. And I said, go into a room and start to daven. Think about the fact that Hashem is your father. There's no shyness. He's going to give you the money. And he's going to give it to you very quickly. And he's going to give it to you very quickly. And he's going to give it to you without any questions. Call me back when you have the money. I'm telling you the story of the kids, sir. It was really very The kids are three weeks later. She calls me back. She tells me she's holding the money. An $8,000 check. I said, can you tell me what was the story behind it? And she tells me that her mother lives in America. And her mother, his accountant, said he could fill out a tax for her. He was very creative with numbers. And he could make a situation that she can get $3,000. And he did. She went to the Rav and Kiryat Sefer. And she asked the Rav and Kiryat Sefer if I could keep the money. The Rav said, you can't. You got to return it. So they will only get a thousand. So whatever you get, you have only taken on honest money. The kids sent back the three thousand. Told the count to file again, and the accountant filed again. They get a check. He said, within two weeks, we got a check from the government, which is also unheard of. You're entitled to a refund of eight thousand dollars. I told him, you see what I'm talking about? That your father's right. It wasn't the U.S. government. It was Hashem. That was Hashem straight. I said, the rest of your life, no, you have tap into that mother load. He's going to give you every single thing that you want and everything you need without a doubt. That's what a person has to do. It's sad when a person doesn't feel like that. I want to tell you a story. Yesterday, just a guy came to visit me and he said, I don't have a penny. And I tell him, are you complaining? He just I don't have a penny. I said, what are you worried about? You told me that before your kids got married, you gave me this whole song and dance, this dog and pony show. Oh, I'm never going to get my kids. I'm not going to get married. I have no money to support them. I've done this. Can't make chasinus. You made the chasinus. Your kid did wonderful chaduchim. A second kid did wonderful chaduchim. Do you have any debt from your chasnes? Not a penny debt. I said, isn't that a miracle? That's a miracle. Then he tells me, I said, you have a house. It's amazing. We have a mortgage. I said, tell me, how big is your mortgage? Then he slips out. He said, you're not going to believe this. We talked to Adam Oifus. A few months ago, a relative of mine came. He sold the business. He made a fortune of money. He said, I want to help you with your mortgage. And he gave us 200 plus thousand dollars. I said, and you're worried? What in the world do you want? Are you not? How could you be worried? If Hashem doesn't, I don't know anybody else who got 200 plus thousand dollars for their mortgage in Mitten Barakab. So what are, you, what are you worried about? Hashem is there for you. you know what the problem is? You don't think Hashem is there for you. You think Hashem is there for everybody else. And then if you don't think Hashem is there for you, he's not. He's not. Can you imagine a kid that would every day wake up and say, Ma, I'm not sure you're going to serve me breakfast today. 
I can't trust you. You know what the mother would say after a while? I'm not making you breakfast. Make your own breakfast. Hey, Rabbi Brad, let's go to some live questions. Murray, go ahead. You're on. Hi, thank you, Rabbi Brad. For the mother who wasn't there to prepare breakfast every morning, um, how can somebody develop a sense of bitachon if they came from a dysfunctional home where their basic needs were not taken care of, perhaps they were shamed and blamed. Um, number one, they never were able to develop a sense of trust in the adults who were supposed to take care of them. And number two, perhaps they had a sense or still have a sense of low self-esteem and felt unworthy and unlovable. How can they feel that Hashem loves them and is there to take care of them? Thank you so much. Regardless of what you lacked in your life, and I don't wish it on anybody, but even the guy, person who came from the most dysfunctional family had a bed to sleep in. Their both eyes worked. Their brain worked. Their two ears worked. Their two lungs worked. Their teeth worked. Their thousands of taste buds worked. They were their kidneys worked. They were such chesed from Hashem 24 hours. Sadly, what they lacked overshadowed all the taiva that they were reaping at the very same time. You have to go back and be masiach das. Remove your mind from the negatives and not think about that. Go back and relive of how much positive you did have in your life. After you feel that even you in that situation had so much positive in life, then you could begin to explore why you had certain lacks and certain challenges and what did Hashem want from you. You can't do that till you understand that, that there's Hashem in your life. He's your father. He's there for you. He took care for you. He provided for you. And in spite of all your challenge, you grew up and you're not in the hospital. What's with the low self-esteem? Somebody believes they don't deserve. See a therapist. That's not do What does that have to do with self-esteem? There's a lot of issues that people have emotional challenges. You know? So, okay. So self-esteem is... As self worth, that's not a talk. So, there is a concept of seeing a therapist. Yeah, sure. I mean, if it's a tire therapist, why not? I know. Okay, here's a question somebody sent in. I try again and again learning and reading the talking, and I get it logically. But when a real challenge comes at me, I fall apart, start feeling anxiety inside, start feeling scared. I want to understand and put this belief. In other words, they really want to work on it, but they don't feel they have it. They want to have it in their hearts and in their mind for real. Right. So I'll tell you what the problem. Most people don't think about a moon and bitachin till the sun sets on some area of their life. For example, you have a person who doesn't have children. So that's a major challenge. No question about it. But you have to start working on bitachin, that you will have children from the day you get married. Most people say, nah, I take it for granted, I'm going to have kids. Then when they don't, it's a shock to their system. Now they have to re 
begin your whole chat. How do I review? Now you have to get bitach. You have to realize, but really what should happen is the day you get married, you have to realize there's no guarantee that I'm going to have children. The only way I can know I can have children because I'm not because it's the natural thing to have children, but because I'm Hashem gave me a mitzvah. Here's a young man who had a problem with having children. I told him, you first have to go to David Feinstein with your medical records. He has to determine whether you could get married or not. Once he paskins, you can get married, come back to me. David Paskin, you can get married without a child. Love spoke to the doctor in there. I told him, okay, now you have to have bitachin. You're going to have children without a prop. Here's a, a, a young man who was sick. He contracted a sickness when he was in his 20s. He said, who's going to marry me? I said, who's going to marry you? Do you have a mitzvah for Do you have a mitzvah to be by the Bible and There's no doubt that Hashem has them. Just convince yourself. Hashem chose your wife just like he chose the next guy's wife. And you will get that wife sent to you. If you think it's not going to come to you, then Hashem not going to force it on you. So this is what you have to constantly do. You can't wait for something happens and then say, okay, now let's, let me get bitach. You know, when the, when the rain is falling on your roof, if you ever see in construction, when they think the rain is coming, they throw the tarps over the roof. Roof. They don't wait to the middle of the storm to go out and buy tarps and put it over the roof if the roof is not finished. It's something you got to prepare for. You got to think. If I have a kid, I had 10 daughters. I said to myself, how am I going to marry 10 daughters? 10 daughters in America, they, they charge you for daughters. You, you got to pay for them. Not like for daughters. I said, it must be that Hashem is going to provide for me 100%. I was convinced of that. So I thought I would help Hashem. I started making a savings fund and saving, and Hashem told me, Hashem took two weeks with my first daughter got married. Hashem took away every penny from me. Did I marry all my, all my kids? Everyone with my shita, bitachin, I never went to a shatchin. People screamed at me, shouted at me, told me you're doing a terrible disservice to your children. I told them, I'm going to the biggest shatchin. I'm going to the one who makes the shidduch. I'm talking to him. Or Hashem. Okay, Reverend let me jump on the next question because it's a little bit. Okay. I trust Hashem with everything in my life, even the challenges. But what I, ne what I, what I never seem to understand is the connection, the correct balance between bitachin and ashtabas. For example, Parnassa, I work in a stable job. I can cover my bills. My friends keep on telling me I need to go on my own and start my own business. They're even willing to give me the money. But I am struggling with that since I trust that Hashem, I could just stay in my job and Hashem could bring me the money anyway. On the other hand, is that an easy way out? I feel like I'm copping out. Can you explain this more in detail? Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, again, we have to report about Panasa. It's the same thing like you're just saying now. So let me tell you like this. Everything. I'm going to give you the biggest shock that most people have a mistake about Hishtadlis. And they think that Hishtadlis is a means, the word is earning money. They think that if you do a shtadlis, that earns you money. Therefore, if I'm a Rebbe and a cheder, and it only pays X amount of dollars, 
and not in real estate or in stocks or in some other big, big field. I'm not, I can't make the same money. That's the biggest narishkeit that was ever foisted by the Yetzirah. You have to realize that his shtadlis has absolutely nothing to do with earnings. What determines what you're going to earn this year is that every Rosh Hashanah, Hashem makes a cheshbon of what your family needs or what your family's, and Hashem knows how to make that cheshbon better than any accountant. Houses and vacations and schooling and seminaries and so on and so forth. And Hashem allocates the money that you need for that year. Now the guy is a Rebbe. So his right wife is hassling him and saying, you're a Rebbe. How could you make money? How are you going to pay for all the costs? The Rebbe job doesn't pay. And many Rebbeim have called me and I tell them, you know what? You are the one who's undermining your panasa with the help of your lovely wife. Because when Hashem decided how much you're supposed to earn in Rosh Hashanah, it didn't make a difference to him if you were Rebbe or you were a burger flipper in McDonald's, or you were a cleaner in Lakewood BMG. He didn't care all what you did. Hashem determines that you are going to have X amount of dollars at your disposal, for your disposal this year. I told many Rebbeim, the, that that you go and doing the Rebbe is just the hashtadlis that Hashem provided for you. It's a wonderful hashtadlis. But if you believe that it's earnings, you'll never make a penny more than the Rebbe Jabesi. But if you believe that Hashem, this is my Ashtadlis, but Hashem, the money you allocated, and you know I need much more money to be a Rebbe. And that's why there's so many Rebbe in Lakewood, New Jersey, Baruch Hashem, that are living in private houses, million dollar homes today. And they're all sending their kids to seminary. And they understood how to child. Seminaries of fortune. Everybody sends their kids to seminary. I mean, really, but generally, yeah. There it's Israel, the camps, camps. How can a family of 12 kids send kids to camp? It's not child. You know why? Because Hashem knows what you need and he allocates that money for you. Don't limit the money at your disposal because you think I only have, there's a fellow, was beginning to be talking in Lakewood. He called me up once. He works three jobs. Then I told him, you're a fool. I told him, you're a fool. I told him, if you're doing a regular status, you think Hashem wants you to work three jobs? I don't need you to work three jobs. What are you working three jobs for? If Hashem knows what you need, and Hashem decided, and Hashem, you, can, you think you're only getting paid from the culture. You think you're only getting paid from the tutoring job yet. Or this job, or this little job. It's the afternoon job in a school, English teaching. No. These are just the ishtadlis that you make. And once you make a reasonable ishtadlis, now depending on one's level of bitachin, he could get away with less ishtadlis. means a regular person with regular bitachin should work a regular day. A regular normal day. That's my grandfather told me. Somebody who has more bitachin could work an hour less. More bitachin, an hour less. And you can work less, depending on the level of bitachin that you have. We should, we should have a lot of bitachin, so we should work less. 
Like my Rebbe told me, told me, Yisrael told me, if you're wise, instead of doing what everybody in the world does, is work on what type of ishtadlis they're going to make to make the big bucks, you be mishtadl to be kind of bitachin. Because every ounce of bitachin that you will be kind of will save you the obligation of, necess- of having the more shtadlis. Okay, you done? Okay, let's go. Another live question. You're on. Shalom, Rabbi Brag. Thank you for taking my question. I've been uh, listening to 95% of the Shira Montoya anytime, um, and I've really been inspired a lot. Um, I have a double question, kind of. It's a two-faced question. Uh, First of all, like, we heard so many stories of Rosh Hashiva from getting discounted hotels, discounted cars to battling the deadly diseases if yeah. <laughs> 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 to, to battling the, the deadliest diseases and not having pain at all when snapping a leg um if we want to also be zaycha to have such a life of and really have a calm and serenity not worrying about a hundred thousand dollars to marry off our daughter to a big time what what practical internal changes could we do to internally change ourselves? And you know, what are we supposed to me, do? Every single person has got life experiences in his life that are miracles. That Hashem showed him his Yad Hashem, the Yad Rechava, his Yad Psucha. He showed you such chassadim. You know, for 27 years, I tell people, I lived in a basement. I lived in a basement, the two-bedroom basement where my head couldn't reach the ceiling in most of the house. I had to take my hat off. But I was very happy. I, was, I knew one day I was getting out of there. It took 27 years. I was patient. But I knew other people have got houses, and I was happy for them. They have got, they have, everybody has amazing miracles in their life. You have amazing chassad in your life. How could you not feel the closeness of Hashem? That's how to understand. You had you made by mitzvahs, you made the person, you send the kids to the camp, you send the kids to yeshiva. And I remember when they made a liquid. Okay, everybody has to pay tuition. I was, ah, you can't be screamed at the top of the lungs. What do you mean? There's no tuition, no one has money. Everybody got money. Hashem gave the money all of a sudden. That's what happened. Other people worked harder. It's Hashem provided. So some people don't. How have do we deepen? They don't want to wait twenty-seven years. Uh, they shouldn't. They shouldn't. They should right now set, get down to think, thinking, to be able to enumerate the chassadim that Hashem did with them. When you realize the chassadim that Hashem did with you, you'll be in seventh heaven. You're not going to worry again in your life. You won't worry again. Just like if your child picture Hashem pictures us when we're worried, like your child who comes to you. Tati, I'm worried. What are you worried about? Maybe next Rosh Hashanah, I won't get new sacks. Why not? Do you not get new sacks? But the family's growing. And I heard you talk about money problems. Don't worry. You're always going to have sacks and shoes and school clothes. Are you sure? Are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. That's what it is. That's what Hashem wants to see from you. Why not? Hashem didn't give you enough reason to believe that I mean, you so how do we how do we view when the situation looks like that's the muksa? So someone's not 
well or someone doesn't have the money now. So how do they view it and change their view and go into that scope so the first of viewing thing, that? But there are, there are definitely times in the person's life when he gets a patch. And then a person has to do introspection to think, why would Hashem patch me in this area? There's, no, there's nothing that happens for no reason. So you have to think there's something that I have to correct. So the first thing you always look at is Hashem, did I appreciate the gifts that you gave me in that area? For example, let's say a guy suddenly is a clap and he's now in a difficult Parnassa situation. I'll give you a story that happened just this Friday. I'm getting a call from her to trail from a wonderful couple who have an apartment in Yerushalayim in an area that people are going crazy for rentals and apartments. And they got this apartment as a gift from Hashem and they're renting it out. They're giving themselves income. They're a learning family. And for some reason, this apartment could not be rented out for nothing. It made no sense. Realtors said, I'm going to get you thousands more than you're asking for. They, they, realtors are clamoring for the apartment. Everyone came, oh, we'll take it. Right before they take it, they dropped it. It was the craziest thing. So they called me up. I said, what's, they said, what's going on? So I said, the first thing I would do is I would check images. That's the first thing I Make sure the apartment's kosher for family to move in. And I said, the second thing, it didn't work after that. I said, now it's like this, Hashem, I know the only reason that the apartment is not being sold, uh, rented is because you put a against us. And if you put a against us, Hashem, I know it was for a tap, wonderful, special reason. We accept it's only you and nothing but you. And our Kaddish Baruch Hu, we're mechabal to fix whatever you want us to fix. Please make us aware of this and we shall fix it immediately. The lady called me today to say, we did that. Two hours later, the apartment was rented. See, they, they were mechabal from Hashem, but Hashem, that Hashem was working with them. It accepted it, and it would be wasn't that Hashem was never going to rent it out. Hashem was a zera, it was a tight, a temporary zera. And the Kabbal, they addressed it. Move on. Hey, Rabbi Brog, I want to jump on this question, jumps into yeah. the next topic. Hi, Rabbi Brog, my question is as follows. My wife wants to live a more luxurious lifestyle, a bigger house, nicer stuff, more vacations, but my income barely covers the basics. It cannot afford it. My question is, the Gemara says, Right, your wife should be right. more. Some people say that even more than you could afford. Should I have a token and just swipe it on my credit card and take the loans, especially for my wife, or the proper ways to live within your budget, within your means? So the first thing you have to realize is that if a wife, when a person gets married, he wrote in the Ksuba, "Ano Eikar the the you're gonna you will makabel for your wife's happiness. Now, a lot of wives need a little luxurious things in order for them to feel that they're living life properly. Maybe they grew up that way, 
maybe they're just fine schmeckers, doesn't make a difference. But if that's their need, then the husband has to go provide it. If it's something that's about just some kind of a kinah, jealousy, you read too many stories in the Mishpacha or the other magazine about fancy vacations, about she jealous of Shlomi Zions traveling around the world and she wants to travel around the world. So you tell her to just keep reading the paper and satisfy herself with that. But the main point is that a person has to realize is that if he would have more bitachin, Hashem would give him more money. If this is his wife's need, tell him to be taken Hashem. If he, if he thinks that his salary can't earn him more money, that's itself a problem. That's the same like the Rebbe who thinks, I can't make more money. He doesn't have to go to a new business to make more money. I didn't say he can't, but he could be in this business, say, Hashem, you know what I need. You know what my wife needs. Please, I'm relying on you to provide me with the job that I have, whatever I need to satisfy me. I want to jump in on this swiping the credit cards. No swiping that, credit cards. Is that a mahalach? No, it's, 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 it's wrong. So he should wait till the money comes. That's correct. Let him get the money some other way without stealing the money from the bank and then calling up angels of debt. We shouldn't be able to pay that is going is to pay the credit card bill? No, no. Can't do that. I don't let him do that. Okay. Let's go. You're on live. Hey, do you hear me? Yes. Okay. I just wanted to know. Now we don't know um, how the Shiva um, holds if this concurs with the, what the Chaznish. I'm, so, I'm sorry, do you hear me now? Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I just yeah. want to know if this, can, if this concurs with the Chaznish in Parag Basin and Munabitachan. How does the, the Shiva learn that? That he says that uh, knowing whether an outcome will be positive or negative is Navua and, and, and so on. Um, I also just similarly think from a Shwab, from the, the Kron Mishpacha, they, they, they say over from him also when they're, one of the, the Mishpacha was sick. And um, the second thing is also a person that's, let's say, going through a massive where it's tackled very hard. Uh, I'm sorry. I just, I just froze. Where, where it's tackled very hard. And then he wants to be Mechazik. His, I know, I know. Now, now I'm back on. He wants to be Mechazik. His talking. So she was saying that then it's very hard, like the marshal with the, you know, covering the roof and all that. What is he supposed to do then? Those, those two questions. Okay. So I'm going to address the last question first. If you're in a bad situation, what you do then is you employ tefillah if you get tefillah with demayas, Umar says, Chazal tell us that Shari Shemayim is always open to tears. So then you have to employ a serious um, position of tefillah to find out how to daven, what to daven, how to, how to present your bakasha, that's tefillah. But in the situation we have some bitachin, so regarding the chazanish, I don't know if this is the forum for the not, but I will mention it. The world made a bluff and they made up the sheet of the chazanish. And they made it like it's a sheet of the chazanish that bitachin is only that something should come out for the best. 
First of all, if you go through the Sefer of the Munabitachin, you see that the Chazanish himself writes not like that in other places, a number of other places. Now, there was a great tzaddik, the one who wrote the Sefer Mitzvah Sabitachin of Shmuel Humaner, who also didn't accept that that was what the Chazanish held. And he went and he did research by the Talmidim and the family of the Chazanish. And he writes, they have now it's printed in the Sefer where he writes and he checked, and he said the Chazanish himself did not hold that was the sheet of Bitachin. The Chazanish wrote that because there are many people that think they have Bitachin, and then it doesn't come out the way they expected. So then they think Bitachin doesn't work. And the MS is they didn't have Bitachin. So for them, the only thing they could believe in and rely on that whatever Hashem does is for the best. But the Oilam, if a person has Bitachin, says in the Pasuk, the Hashem that if a person trusts and relies on Hashem and he's facing a terrible Gzeira, the Gzeira could become this battle. Rabbi Niyoyne and Shari Tshuva writes, any Tzara that a person's facing in his life, a person has to believe, he has to put the Yeshua's Hashem into his heart. And he should picture the Yeshua's Hashem. And he should know, it's that itself will bring the Yeshua's Hashem. And the Chazanish is nothing. Anyway, some, I said this in the shir, I got very upset at me. And he was, how do you say that? I said, I'm, I'm quoting your Shmuel Himmener. He's the master of Bitachin. He wrote the Sefer Mitzah Bitachin. He's the Bitachin king. He was a tzaddik atzu. I said, you know what? Why don't you pick yourself up and go to Rabchaim Kanyevsky and ask him. Tell him what I said. And let's, let's hear what he said. So the guy ran to throw the next day. Took a big smartphone. And they brought it to Rabchaim. And he said, Shemati Mirav Echod. I heard from a Rav over there that it's America that he said that the sheet of the Chazanish, what everybody says, not the sheet of the Chazanish. Chaim says, he smiled and said, Unachon. He's right. Then he said, he said also over that your father, the stipler, didn't want to print the Sefer Mula Bitochen because he was foresaw that this mistake would come out. He said, Zegam Kenachon. So I told somebody, what should you do? What if I with me? How can it be? It doesn't make sense. Every Rishayim say clear black or white. That Bitochen means Yabaytech in the Yeshua of Hashem. Hey, Rabbi Brock. Let's get drama the next. There's so many live questions now. Okay, here we go. Okay. That um that that you're saying that if you really have the right amount of bitachon, then you get what you want. But but again, but what if what we want isn't good for us or not even possible? Like we want somebody, like we want somebody not not to be nifter. Like we dive in and we believe I told you, I mentioned before. everybody has to die, but everybody has to die sometimes. I so I mentioned before that if Hashem decides this is the amount of time. You're allowed to live in this world. Mitochen doesn't work. 
Bitochen only works when something is exera. It's a it's a it's a chat, it's a, a decree, a situational decree that caused you to do this, then Bitochen can help you overcome the exera. But like you just said, everybody has to die. It doesn't help Bitochen for that. And some people also have to be poor. Yeah, but everybody, even if you're poor, everybody's entitled. There's a certain expectation that everybody's going to get what he needs from Hashem. His basic needs of food and housing and marriage and children. All the mitzvahs that Hashem gives us, Hashem provides for us. But a lot of us, like it was mentioned about, we see all this in the mishpacha and we see how other people live. Not everybody needs a five-bedroom house. We could be okay with a two-bedroom apartment. You're right. You're right. I agree. Because we want doesn't mean that it's... I agree. I agree to that. I agree. And the You're right. So in, so in other words, just because we want something doesn't mean we need it and doesn't mean... Yeah, we'll but if, get you it. if you convinced yourself that you need something for whatever reason, and your boiteach and Hashem that'll give it to you, you can get it. Unless it's a gezeira not to get it. No, no, but betachen helps to go over to challenge gezeiras. Right, okay, lehefech, lehefech. Unless it's just something that's not, that, that can't be. In other words, unless he has to die, unless he has to be. Right, if you have to die, you have to die. I'm not saying that. I, yeah. I'm not saying it can make you from rich to poor rich, but it can make you from poor to a happy poor person. And how does a person, when, when it was mentioned about a person with a lot of bitachon has to, should work uh, should work less, a person with more bitachon, I'm saying a person with less bitachon needs to work more and vice versa. How does a person know his level of bitachon or if he's just lazy? How do you know? Um, I can't tell you. Ask your spouse. They say there's no one that knows you like your wife and Hashem. But that, that is a fear that many people have. They're not sure if they have the right level of the token. Yeah, I, I met the, I've met people like that. I, I tell them you're lazy bum. Go work. <laughs> Why can't you have token? Because you don't have token. You can't be a lazy bum and say happy token. But he wants he wants to have a token. Oh, very nice. So work on it. First, first it should work. And then satisfy his wife. That's his responsibility. And then when he'll have the bitachin, the money will flow, and then he can. Start cutting down. Okay, let's go to the next live question. You're on. Hello? Hi, is it me? Yes. Okay, hi. First, Robert Brug, I want to say thank you. I listen to your Shidam all the time. You're a malach, okay? And I have a question. So I think I'm quite strong in the I live my life that way. I'm just wondering, how does it work like when your children are not as strong as you, let's say I have a daughter that needs to get engaged. She's 23, she's all okay with that. She's strong, she's happy, but her brother under that is not happy. And he's giving us a hard time. And we're all taking it very light, but we're having a hard time with that's him. A, that's that a very should... specific question. It's not a bitachin question. That's a different question. If somebody, what's the shita? Should you let the older child hold up the next child from getting married. That's a different question. You know, in the Chassidish world, they say, you gotta wait. And I think it's, 
I don't think that's right. Because I think what my grandfather used to say, you got to be practical. Maybe when they're 20, 22, 21, 22, maybe when you start getting older, I know a family right now, the girl's 28 and she has brothers 25 and 24. Why can't they get married? You can't go one before the other. I don't think that's normal, but that's not a talking question. That's just not for this subject. Okay, got it. Yeah. Thank you. You should have a tzlacha with your children. Oh, mine, oh, mine, oh, mine. Thank you. Okay. Okay, Menachem, go. Yeah, so here's a, another interesting one. I'm having a very hard time accepting that my partner in business for many, many years stole from me personally a lot of money. Okay, I'll, I heard the question. A large okay. amount that is almost impossible to pay back. It, it's in the millions. The idea of how to deal with someone who has hurt, taken advantage of by someone else on a very deep and personal level, and how to see that Hashem's factor, Hashem's factor, and let's and and let's go going to be free of hate and anger. I guess to be able to forgive, that's a hard one. That's hard. Been there and done that. Um, let me tell you something. This is a bitachin question. If you're bitachin Hashem, and you know that Hashem provides for you, you understand beyond the shadow of a doubt that no one can diminish you by one penny of what Hashem decreed you should have. Now, because you saved up money and you're have a business and you made money and this chutav of yours is a ganev, that's between him and Hashem. But you have to know he can't affect you kimole nima, a hair's breath. Ein odon noigea b'ma shemuchon kimloi nima. Another person can't affect you a hair's breath. So when somebody takes away your money, it means Hashem decided you should be challenged by having the money taken away. You're angry, you're upset. It's because you feel that that guy did it to you and it's not Hashem. This is an issue between you and Hashem. Nothing to do with that fellow. That fellow was just a pawn in Hashem's program. I understand how you feel. I didn't say it's fun, but Obviously, you're a big Balmadrega because you don't get challenges that you're not able to handle. And everybody knows my story. I saved money for 20 years. And two weeks before my daughter got married, my good friend called me up, who I invested the money with. He said, I can't live with myself anymore. I robbed you blind. Hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. And I told him, okay. And when I got off the phone, the wife said, what was that about? I said, eh, don't worry about it. And I didn't lose one night's sleep over it. It got so bad because he took money from a lot of people. So everybody was convinced that I must have cut a deal behind their backs and got my money back. And that's why I was walking around smiling. No, so I knew it was from Hashem. I had no doubt it was from Hashem. I was very happy while I invested my money with this fellow, with this kind of, and I got my dividends, but one day Hashem said, goodbye. 
I had no doubt that Hashem was going to take care of me. I thought I had to take care of myself. Hashem said, don't worry, I'll take care of you. And Hashem proceeded to take care of me. It got so bad, the worst, the worst shtuch the guy gave me, he called me Erev Yom Tippet again. And he told me, you think I'm calling Kieski Mechila? He said, I'm not. I said, why not? I said, you're a Ghanif. He said, because you know you deserve it. You know what had nothing to do with me. You know it was Hashem. I said, you're right, but you're not supposed to say that. <laughs> I said, that would be like Parai telling the Yidden, I hope you have no tainers against me because it's what Hashem wanted to happen to you. But, Baruch Hashem. Then Torah never comes into place? Who? Then Torah. Yeah, sure. You can make it in Torah. Why not? You're able to make it in Torah? Why not? But even yeah. then, you can't have a taina. I see people go to Dintairus and scream. I wouldn't scream about it. It's a Dintairus. It's, a, it's, a, it's a, a, fun, a process, which sometimes Hashem, I tell somebody, sometimes Hashem hits your car and you have who to get the insurance cut insurance. Sometimes the guy happens in the parking lot and you don't know who did it to you. So if you have a process, get money back in. Hello. But, but it's a madrega. Before we continue, this is a, this is a huge madrega. To lose that much money, yeah, it is. And, but and, Hashem and to put you that level. It means you're holy man. Hashem not, knows behind the sign. He can't he can't handle. Not to lose sleep. I, I, should, I should lose my money and the sleep. Uh, there was enough of some money. I'm supposed to sleep too. Okay, let's go to the next live question. You're on. Hi, um, hi, Rabbi. Thank you for taking my question. Um, so I have a question about a couple um, that's struggling with infertility. Um, so the question is like this. Let's say the husband is starting to lose faith that they will be blessed with children, but the wife is still, you know, really hopeful and still has faith that it's going to happen, you know, one way or the other. What can you recommend for the husband? Um, and just to give you a little bit of background, um, the husband is from Israel, so he's like a little bit more secular than, than religious. If they're secular, I can't tell them because maybe it's best to not to have kids. I can't tell you it's the Chafetz Chaim. People would come to the Chafetz Chaim the last 30 years of his life and ask him for children, he would say, you know, in today's world, I can't give a bracha like that. I don't know if it's good for kids to be born into modern world with all the challenges the world has to offer. So, I can't tell you what to do in that case. See, it has to go with the basis that you understand there's a mitzvah to have children. Once you have a mitzvah to have children, I've told many people who can, couldn't have children that if you got married, that means Hashem wanted you to have, be able to have children. So you have to believe and be, have bitachan that Hashem will give you children because you have a mitzvah. But if somebody is secular, so they don't, they're not subjugated to Hashem's mitzvahs. So they do their own thing. So, they run by yeah. different rules. What happens uh, in with a spouse? Let's say one spouse has more betachin, one spouse has less betachin, and one wants to work on it, working on it. The other one. Okay, so if the spouse, if the if the spouse could bring the child up from, yeah, I'm talking I'm, about if both if both are from. I'm talking about oh, uh, they're both one from. spouse is strong in betachin, the other one is schwach and no kaya. Okay, but I tell them, I tell them, you don't have to be bitter. What happens is you get tired. And you get bitted, and you get fatainit, and a lot of these people go through. I dealt hundreds of people who challenge this. I tell them the first thing is, is don't go crazy. 
It's a challenge. Deal with it. Did Avram Avinu go crazy? No. And yeah, it says once it's a Rachel's upset at Yankiv that he's what you call Hamas Okay, but don't say every day she walked around bitter. It was cool and shovel in the taiva. She had a life which she lived in the taiva. The first thing you have to know is how to get your equilibrium. Then you have to focus on the fact that Hashem, you gave me a mitzvah. You gave a lady has to take to Hashem. You created me in such a fashion. You gave me equipment and kalim to produce children. Hashem, I'm relying on you. You didn't create me for no reason. Please make it happen. That was Hannah's trait. Okay, bro. Let's go, let's go. Okay, you're on next. Let's go. Uh, hi. Um, I was wondering, just the whole idea that you're dealing with the taco versus, I guess, reality check, for lack of a better word, where you, you might have, you know, want to have faith that things will turn out for the best or that that you could achieve something. But what if there are other, like, obstacle or, or what you might perceive, like there might be your abilities, you know, how realistic are you in terms of... Well, you only have to, de- you can only deal with what, if a person has one leg, yeah. So they have to do the best they can. If the person has one arm, you do the best you can. You have to have bitachin, not that you're going to grow a second arm, but that you're going to be able to function and produce and mm-hmm. be a, a functioning citizen in Hashem's world. That's why Hashem put you there. I mean, there's a way to, I mean, if I'm concerned about magical yeah, I heard you know, magical thinking that all I need to do is... You believe, you have to believe in you. You have to believe that. If Hashem felt yeah. there was no purpose for you, he wouldn't put you in the world. If Hashem yeah. put you in the world, that means there's a purpose for you. So if it's yeah. a purpose for me, I'm going to try to live that purpose to the best of my ability. You know, but with realistic parameters, in other words, you know, whatever the situation I have that is, if I, you know, I mean, I have family like the uh, Reichman lady that you mentioned in the very beginning. You have Hashem. That's going to sell you your money. Hashem. Tap yeah. into Hashem. Hashem yeah. is bigger than Reichman. Hashem can help you in anything. Hashem's never limited. All right, Brock, you know, let's jump into the next question. I think it ties into it, okay? In general, it's a general question. At what point in the process do we just accept that it is what it is and Hashem wants to, and you stop relying on Yeshua? Or there is ever such a point. Somebody writes that somebody somebody's terminally ill. Somebody is too old to have children. Somebody's de- is there points that when we want something, we just like it just doesn't seem to me see if it's going to happen. That we just have to say, okay, we have to move on from it. There is such a case as Iran in the Durin that says that when a person's sick, if he gets to the point that it's everybody says it's hopeless, then you could stop davening for that person. But I'm talking, when I, dis- I discuss cases, general illnesses, sicknesses, I'm not telling you when a person is after, you know, the, the five minutes from death has already Simone Gesisa that he should hope for the best. But we're talking about normal situations where you feel that things are gazerous and they can be overcome. Things that could be healed. There's a lot of things that, you know, Daka tells you it's a 1% chance, so then that's pretty schwach. But if you have 
some percentage of chance, and you could key into that bitachin, you're getting a mitzvah deraisa for that. Whether it's going to turn out the way you want or not is irrelevant. Betech and Hashem is not in order to get what you want. Betech and Hashem is what Hashem wants me to feel toward Him. Okay, Reverend Rob. Let's go to the next live question. You're on. Hi, I have a question. Um, I was just wondering, is there such a thing as asking Hashem um, for too much? Like sometimes when I'm davening, I feel that what I'm asking for is too much or that I'm asking for too many things. Like should a person keep the request limited? Because no. um, I heard from somewhere that by asking Hashem for so many things, it's like you're addressing him like a gumball machine. And ever since I heard that, it like changed the way I talked to Hashem. And I'm That's not absolute Hashem. nonsense. You know why? Hashem wants you to understand that he wants you to treat him, that you realize your toes could only move because Hashem is now decreeing that your toes should move and your ankles and your knees and your hips and your skin and every single thing, the elasticity of your skin. You're supposed to ask Hashem and be aware that Hashem is provides for you in every single thing of your life from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet. And if you can do that, that's wonderful. We probably don't ask enough. I'm sure. We have to ask much more. That's for sure. We mentioned before about the moise. When would you tell somebody they should cry? Because the lady in Israel by the sponger, you mentioned they shouldn't. So when would you say they should cry? I told her because because you choose. I said your father, your your assignments. You have the assignment. You have your father. Hashem is your father. She shouldn't cry. That's what he cried for. You're right with your father. You have a close relationship to Hashem. I tell most people like this. You know, most people with the relationship with talking is such. You know, this famous story they say with a a guy who was living a big man used to live in the lot of bags on the street. The homeless man was pushed one of his carts. And the guy's 90 years old. And they finally, somebody catch up to him. He says, why are you living outside? He says, I'm homeless. I'm poor. He says, I'm poor. I just went online. I checked. You won $10 million 12 years ago. The guy hears about it. He has a heart attack and he dies. The tragedy is that he had the money. He didn't know. Be talking to something. Hashem is with you. Hashem is with you. You have access, you have access to every single good in this world. Okay, maybe not to a plane. People say, can, can I win the sweet state? Don't ask me stupid questions. I'm talking about, but you could have such good in your life. You could have wonderful light fixtures, nice floors, nice windows. You can have everything in your house. Unbelievable type you can have. You're entitled to that as Hashem's child. Believe that. Thank you so much. Um, I would just like to continue that question. Right. So if a person does feel like that they're asking for a lot of things, is there a specific way that they're supposed to ask it or like a certain order, like Shavach Bakasha Hoda? Or can you just ask it and just say it without feeling bad? The first thing is to acknowledge it. And the second thing, second thing is to ask for continuation or for betterment. You realize my grandfather used to go every single day and count from the top of his head 
enumerate, speak out what Hashem is doing from him, from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet, and everything in between. He thanked Hashem every single day, nonstop, in the morning, six o'clock, went for a walk, and spoke to Hashem, thanking Hashem for every detail. Here's uh, another question. My son is a great boy, a learner, and uh, sweet neshama. He has a rare medical condition, and it seems like it might also impact his ability to have children. So number one, the question number one is, what is my pedophon supposed to be? And the second question is, what am I supposed to tell my son to give him physic? Okay, so the first thing you have to do is, you have to really go to experts and find out exactly, is it diminished chances to have children or it's he can't have children. If he really can't have children, then he's not gonna get married to a regular person. So that's a whole different condition. That's not so common to find out before they get married. What's more common, what I dealt with many times is, people who had conditions that it diminished their chances to have kids, but they were able to have kids. Then you got to deploy betach. If the Rav tells you you can get married up yalacha, so then you have a mitzvah, purvu, then you have to, that has to be a chizik. In betachin, that Hashem, I know you said you chose a wife for me, send it. I've seen anybody get to that level, find himself a wife, unbelievable broken souls who thought they would never get married. Shot and had families with kids. It's, mal- it's unbelievable. And they should go to the best doctors? To find out if they really could have kids or not. And, and doctors, Bechlal, talking about the talking, is, is it okay to look for the best doctors when somebody needs it? definitely try, because you know why? It says in its part, you have a chayvet to go to doctors. So you attempt to go to the best doctors. But what a doctor tells me, means luxury, because they're not enough. They're not enough. But you go for it, you try to go to the best actors to get ill. But we follow not, what they say. What? Do we follow what they say? It depends what they say. If they say Shtosim, so then you don't listen to that. You know, when I had my cancers, I went to the, the biggest doctor in Cleveland Clinic. And he told me, gave me, told me what's going to be as this conversation should never take place. He told me for the next two years, you're not going to be able to talk a word. And we're now within the two years. And I smiled. He said, Rabbi, can I ask why you're smiling? I said, I'm not smiling. I said, I'm smirking. He said, why are you smirking? I said, smirking. I said, are you a prophet? Then what do you know? I didn't. He said, you know, I'm, I'm the head of the department in the Cleveland Clinic of Neck and Throat. It's a very nice uh, position. But you don't know what's going to be. So how do you know what's going to be? He said, you're going to lose your beard. I said, I smirked again. He said, he said, you're not going to do this. You're not going to do this. He gave me, only I said, I'm not trying to ski you. I'm just trying to help you deal with it. So doctor, I'm going to surprise you. And he tells me, he says, why, why do you think you're going to, I said, how do you know what you're telling me? You're telling me because your experiences with other patients with the similar cancer, this is what you experience. Is that correct? He said, yeah. So based on that, you're telling me, first of all, I'm different than all your patients. You never met a patient like me. You never had a patient like me. So whatever you had experiences, it's like saying you worked in the veterinary department 
in the zoology department, you work with chipmunks. And now you're telling me what to experience with chipmunks, that's what's giving me a job. I'm not a chipmunk. But that's the first thing. So he tells me, you should know, I know that the depth of the connection with God, I'm a very religious man, is by the religious Jews. I know that. And I hope to see it, and I hope to experience it. And Baruch Hashem, I didn't lose one beard, I hear my beard, and I was talking with, I never stopped talking for one day. Don't mean it's not possible. You're not going to be able to talk. I never stopped talking for one day. So I, I listened to him. I always have to say, you know what I mean? He admitted to me he doesn't know much, you know. We have to go to the good doctors. But if a doctor doesn't have what to offer you and he starts to play God, so I'd rather deal with the real Hashem as opposed to the false deities. When we had the Rabash Ganashir, we were saying also that when he had the training that, he said, they told him, like he said, and he started laughing at them. He said, I hired you, my job is to hire you. My job is to get a bill from you and pay it, and that's what begins, that's what ends. You don't tell me what's going to be. They don't know. They don't know. I've told this to many people since Rabashkin. And I saw my married to myself. Okay, a lot more questions. Let's get to it. Okay, you're on. Hello? Oh, I'm muted again. I'll mute them again. They got muted by mistake. Second. I'll mute. Okay, you're on. Uh, yeah, sorry. Could you hear me? Yes. Okay. So my question is that oftentimes we hear the analogy of our nasternos and pain um, to a doctor that has to give you a shot so that you don't get sick. Although it's painful, he's doing it for your good. My question is that as a parent, if I if my own child was needed to suffer so much for their own good, I couldn't let them suffer so much, even if it was for the best for them. How could how could um, Hashem patch one of his children so many times, even if it's for their own good? As a parent, I wouldn't be able to. I would change tactics or give the child a break. I would think that a real parent cannot see their child suffering so much, even if it's for their own good. Um, if you could explain this concept better for those of us who don't see a shul for a very long time. And also if it's for, because we need to work on our ruchnias and something to change in ourselves, what if we are doing that and we're trying very hard in ruchnias for years and years and years and still don't see a Yeshua, how does a person not get angry? Well, they have to realize that, you know, if you go, if you have, a, I know people who've had problems, you went to one doctor, went to another doctor, finally realized they went to the wrong doctors in the wrong field. Yeah, just because you try to work on something, does Obviously, a person has to, at some point, switch and change to realize I'm not hitting the right area. You know, there's a, a guy could have a problem with his gums, and it could be root canal, or it could be cancer, has for so, so you have to first determine, you know, what the, where the problem lies. So if a person tries to correct something, and it doesn't work, the person has to think, maybe I need to try in a different area. People who are people who are going through nisyonos like this, like big big time challenges, I'm sure that they would try everything and anything, and they would change. I wouldn't say it's not true. Would change tactics over and over. I deal with this on a daily basis, and it's not true. Everybody is willing to give tzedakah. People they're not not willing. A lot of people don't want to acknowledge, you know, what what the real what the real challenges are. People have a very major problem. assuming that I'm that bad that I have to change completely. I tell people, 
we all have to change completely. And it's, it's difficult when you're dealing with people who think it's just an easy fix. You know, one guy told me, I'm very sick. I'm gonna get, I bought this book, a breast of a book. And I'm saying all day long, thank you, Hashem, thank you, Hashem. And I'm getting better. I said, I hope so. I said, but I never heard of Peter, that's the way to get better. <laughs> it says, you fashion is for my son. Terry says, what you have to do, you have to do introspection, you figure out what the problem is. You have to address what you think is the root cause. And doesn't, I never saw it says, walk around and say, thank you, eight hours a day. Like that book says, so the person sent me the book. I read it, it's okay, I, I hope it works, but. Uh, well, I think I think part of the in that is also when you're saying thank you, you're also having introspection in the moon of it's, it's It could be. Bringing it out. It could be, but. But people have a hard time figuring out which part should be your fashbish remaisov to see what they should change and working on their betachon. Because part of what we're hearing is that we have to be betachon our father, that he loves us and he'll give, the, give us whatever we need. But he gives and you then, a message. And then there are parts that we have to stop and think, wait a second, maybe there are things that I need to change. That's and correct. we don't know exactly what Hashem wants. And then we that's get confused correct. and we get right. angry and it doesn't right. work. So that's where we can get a little bit. I told people, I understand you, but you have to, so again, it's a and you have to know how to deal with it. a lot of people. When you have Chaim Kanevsky, there was somebody to go to and ask, you know, tell me what should I correct? When we had that, it, was, it made, definitely made things much easier. It's definitely getting much harder now. You know, there was, there was used to be the, the Manchester of Segal, you can go to, you tell you what to work on. My grandfather would say what to work on a lot of times. So it says we have to try your best. It definitely gets it harder. The guy who lives in the jungle at home, there's no doctors. So you got to sometimes rely on push doctors. And you know, it's not the best medical uh, help you're getting over there, but you do the best you got. Let's, let's go to the next question, okay? Yeah, yeah. Okay, you're on. Me? Yes. Some Yeshua's involve more than, you know, like more than one thing. Like Bitajon, um, people that are going through infertility, it's not only, you know, like you really believe that with Bitajon, you can have a child. Sometimes the process is very expensive, so you need also the Vitajon to get the money or a liver transfer, like a kidney transfer. Sometimes, you know, you know, like involves a lot of Vitajon. And really, you think that with Vitajon, every person that can have children will be able if they believe in that? Well, the first thing I say would you believe it. If you have Vitajon, so you have Menucha Tanefesh. You have to get to a place where your mindset, you feel calm, that you're in the best doctor's hands. You have to feel, if you don't feel like that, then you don't have bitachin. Bitachin means feeling that I'm in the biggest doctor in Sloan Kettering, in Cornell, in Boston. I'm in the best doctor's hands, who's given me the best chance. You know, and a lot of people don't have kids. They went to the eight time. They went to these wonderful organizations. And they put them in touch with doctors who gave them great hope. And they had children, Baruch Hashem. So you got to feel that Hashem is your doctor and that you're in the best doctor's hands. 
and that Hashem could, Hashem will want you to have kids. So if you feel that, it's the best you can feel. Yeah, they are not free. <laughs> no, don't think that the Bonet Olam pays for everything. They're very but today, today there's wonderful organizations, um, you know, that, that provide amazing assistance. Kali Yisrael is amazing chesed. People with hearts that are all the shluchim of Hashem that provide. I know hundreds of women who were provided with tremendous financial benefits through these organizations that gave them the hope to have the children. And then there were people who don't have access to these places and have to be tech and Hashem straight. And Hashem is giving them kids that way. We got to try all the means we have at our disposal. Okay, Rebrock, let's get to a bunch more questions, okay? Yeah, more yeah. we're good? Rebrock, yeah. you good? Still good. Okay, so the story of somebody made a shidduch with a very good bakr from a very good yeshiva, and they made the shidduch, and they got engaged, and now basically after the engagement, the future mechotanim, the chasen's parents, are asking for a large amount of money, support, and rent, and the guy says he's a rebbe, and he has low income, his wife's a teacher, he says he has two options. He either could say yes, even though logically there's no way I could actually keep my word, or just to be honest, say, listen, I can't afford those numbers, and those are long-term commitments. What is the proper way to go in such a situation, right? Okay. The proper way to go through this is to realize that you don't support your kids. No one supports his children. When Hashem allocates money to a person or Shoshana, he allocates the money for you, for your wife, for your children, you are just the teller, the bank teller that gives the money to the children. Now, if a person understands that you think Hashem sent you, you didn't make the shidduch happen. You're not the morale and you didn't create a goal. So Hashem sends you that shidduch. May Hashem now, do you think that Hashem does not know that it's normal for a younger man, a quality fellow, to sit and learn and be supported? Of course he does. So you have to have the bitachin that Hashem will give you the money to for that child also. Just like he's going to give you money to pay for the chasana, just like he gave you the chasana, He's going to give you the money to be the shliach, to support it. I believe that everybody has money for what they want. This last, this last week, I spoke to a guy, I have the money, I have the money. And he tells me, really, you know, I really have a Yerusha. <laughs> it's a large Yerusha, but I never, he never saw himself as a guy with money. I told the guy, what are you bothering me for? Go up the money, or Hashem gave you the money for that purpose. Doesn't want to touch the savings. Right, right, right. So, so then, it, then he's touched by Hashem. So you want to sacrifice the son? That's not very smart. So maybe mortgage house. Who told you a house is more important than much of a call, than uh, helping a child and kill? But I deal with this all the time. I tell people I can't tell you to believe that Hashem is supporting your child if you think you are. So you're a kaifer in the first place. You're a you've been that you think you're supporting people 
Yeah, you know, I, I, last time I thought Hashem was a son of Sayyidul Kulib Tuba, Bechayim Bechazim Rachman. There's nobody else in Sodom who finds anybody but Hashem. And you think you're your competition with Hashem. Okay, I wish you well, but you should see a good uh, psychiatrist, a couple of pills, bring you back to reality. You're saying the right thing is to take it upon yourself, even though you know what? No, 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 not if you got married. If you got married, if your son's engaged, it's too late then. No, if you don't have to be talking, you can't do it. I believe that you should decide that question before you let your daughter go out with somebody. Am I holding? Do I understand that, that I'm a shliach to, 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 to help my son-in-law sit alert? I don't expect you to be, I'll be talking to you $5,000 a month, but maybe $1,000 a month, maybe $1,200 a month. I find that everybody has money for what they want. Everybody has new Sienna's, and everybody has new, uh, the, what's the other car they drive? Toyota, the Toyota's things. Camry, Camry's, Toyota, the limited. They'll drive fancy cars today. So they can, that's, that's what a son of law you pay for. My grandfather had no money. My father was the first one who learned in Kail in Chaim Berlin. My, my grandfather gave a very large portion of his meager salary to my father. Because you want them to learn. Wow. So here's, here's a question. I am 30 years old and have still not found my shidduch. I have contacted Shachat Hanim and have done whatever I can with Davins and it's Davins for so many years, but nothing seems to go. Okay. What advice can Rosh Hashiva give, give me to be mechazic uh, myself? First, do tshuva and the fact that he contacted Shachat If you're 30 years old, you don't have a shidduch, and you think it's just Chatchanim's fault because they could or they should set you up and they didn't. So you definitely, now I understand why you're not engaged because you have no shaykhs to get you married. Marriage comes from Hashem to you. You need to look in the mirror and do deep introspection. Now, a lot of times people can't do that. So you go to people who know you well and say, what do you think is holding back my shidduch. So here's a fellow who decided that he's supposed to marry Esther Hamalka, one of the four most beautiful women in the world, or Rachav, that Yeshua married. No, I told him, who told you you're entitled to that? Who told you you're entitled to that? He has been talking. talking, right? I told him, I love talking. He has been talking. Obviously, he has been talking. So people, yeah, people got, my grandfather's telling me, Everybody got their shidduchim. The shidduchim came to the person and the person rejected. I followed hundreds of people close. I know, I, everyone tells me I'm not picky, I'm not picky. I'm not picky, but, I'm not picky, but when I see picky people do silly things, the first shidduch Hashem sends them was the perfect shidduch for them. They said, I didn't feel it, I didn't feel it. My grandfather told me, when it's in you have to feel it. Rav Shach says, when it's in you have to feel it. I asked Rav Chaim Gersh, he said, my father said, don't do those things, feeling things. Where's that? Oh, no, we ask a therapist to tell you, this is so-and-so from, from Lakewood says, oh, yeah, you can't marry somebody unless you have that chemical connection. So. Shat Khanim in, in the beginning, by the 20-year-old, you must be for Shat Khanim or also not? What? Shat Khanim. 
for the younger. You, you don't need, you don't, unless you live in Timbuktu. If a person lives in, in, in Lakewood, he went through the whole system. He went to elementary, high school, and he lives, he doesn't live after Jackson. So he, even if he lives in Jackson, he was Jewish in Jackson. Wherever he lives, there's people that there know him. I don't say it's wrong. I'm not saying it's us, sir, but it's not necessary. They're not going to bring you any issue. Okay. Okay, Rabbi Brock. Well, just one more question. Interesting question. Okay. Whenever I try to rely on Hashem for various things that I need in my life, I dive in long short answers. I talk to Hashem for a very long time. I have many, I say many capitals to them. I talk about my needs and my wants and things I'm waiting for the issue. There's a little voice inside of me that tells me I'm being delusional and that talking is only a, but a concept. What can I do to help myself believe that I'm talking to Hashem and he's hearing my request, even though he may not give me what I'm asking for, he's not giving it to me currently? Uh, just, I'm not entertaining this question because the fact of the matter is it's a Matthias. Hashem hears every single tefillah that a person says, Karev Hashem, L'chol Karev, L'chol Asher Yikra'u V'emes. As a state. That's a fact. So whether you feel or not, it's irrelevant. So a person has to know that he has to really do some introspection on his request to know, does he have talking he's going to get it? Or is he have, he's trying to get it through tefillah. There's two different mahalach. Tefillah demands one mahalach, and bitachan is a different mahalach. But to say somebody says delusional means to say he's lacking basic amuna that Hashem is shemei tefillah. So we said one of the major brachas, we say, Hashem shemei Every day, Hashem listens to us, and he says, I don't believe it. So what's your day? It's a very difficult. Which mahalach mahal should we take, tefillah or betochen? So if you, if you have betochen, it's definitely much easier, because you have it's much less chusen to gain what you want with betochen. With tefillah, you need more chusen. And with betochen, there's no tefillah? The others didn't go with betochen. They didn't want betochen. They wanted to have tefillah. So they davened their kishkas out and they, they graduated and graduated and graduated. They knew HaKadosh Baruch was mis'avel tefillah and tzaddik. Many of us, many of us live that way. Well, keep trying. So maybe it says in the Chazal, say, but how about you reach it? But mitachin is much easier now. You need less chus. And, what, and what if somebody feels he doesn't deserve it? That's nonsense. Because it says it says the Chazal of Gerusha b'Teich b'Chem Chesed Yisayv Ben. No matter what. No matter what. Absolutely. But on the other hand, you said you fashbush b'Maiso. No, yeah, no. I told you if you have a zera in your life, you have to be fashbush. Why something go wrong? Why something happens? You have to address that. But then you, once you dressed it, you have to be take by Shem. It's going to get, get, get what you go. A person looking for Shem, a person wants to be, find Shem, that's not like a Savior. You know, that's, it's a pay for a bris. It's a pay for a mitzvah. Pay for your kids' camp. That's not like a <laughs> Okay, Rabbi Brock. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
Okay, Rabbi, I'm going to closing. I'm going to wrap it up a little bit, then we'll leave you, Rabbi, Rabbi, leave the oil my closing chizik. Again, I go to Rabbi Yisrael Brach for coming on tonight, giving tremendous chizik with a huge crowd here tonight, Hashem, and the thousands and thousands of people that uh, will listen to the Shem Hashem and get chizik from it. Again, I said uh, Ari Parnas sponsored Sheila Nishmas, his father, Rabbi Ramzeb, and Rabbi Sacher, and it's supposed to be for Etta Rezel Bas Shoshana Bas Rus. It's Etta Rezel Shana Bas Rus. What's the other person's name? Shana Bas Buria. She's having a, a open a brain surgery now. She'll be supposed for that person as well. And the Gershon Shkreif again for coming on again. If anybody wants to join the WhatsApp, I can send you every Sunday the flyer. WhatsApp me at 848-525-0066. Again, that's 848-525-0066. And uh, save my number. And every Sunday I'll send you, you know, speaker for the week and the replays. Or you can go to menachembernfeld.com and sign up. And he sends you the email, the flyers, and the replays. Again, if anybody's here the first time, every Sunday night at 9.30, on this Zoom ID, different shirim, different topics, Rabbonim, which I'm next Sunday. I have a share of Shmuel Reichman. He's a famous motivational speaker. And the topic is how to journey to the ultimate self in a world of constant struggle and overwhelm. How do we achieve greatness in ourselves and entire professionals and relationships? How to really find the core of who you are and to really go after the truly amazing program. I think everybody should join to let people know about it. Please be part of it. Everything tonight was recorded. I'm sure will be on menachembarnfall.com. If you have any questions, please email coachmenachem at gmail.com. Tonight's share is share 113. It's the gematria betochen beyutkevokke. So I think that I think I think it was a good gematria. I think we hit it on the ball. And uh, not sure if you want to listen to it on the phone. The phone number is 848-777-GROW. That's 848-777-GROW. But she will be on Spotify and uh, and Apple Podcast and Kalaloshan. So Brog will upload it to Torah anytime. It'll be on his shirim, and everybody can watch it. And people that want to watch part of it, if anybody wants to get in touch with Rabbi Stroh Brog, he has an email address. His email address is yta, yta Torah, T-O-R-A-H, at gmail.com. Send him questions or anything you want to reach out to him. When he has time, Hashem will try to respond. Again, I wish to the advertising sponsor, Lake of Scoop, Rabbi Yenif of Hazak, Ellie and Ariel from Five Times Central, and Chayel Kaufman and Shmuel from JCN. Rabbi Brog, tonight was a Murray I got physic. I think that hundreds of people got physic, mentioned thousands of people get physic from it. I think we asked you every question from every different open. But the bottom line, you're saying one thing. That's the bottom line. You're just saying one thing. It's a different open, but the bottom line, you're saying you have to really trust in Hashem. You lie. And uh, it sounds easy, and it sounds like it's really madrigas. It's it's years of work, and uh, and it's a tremendous. Uh, the one thing you clarified to me is that there's different levels also in Betoch, and as you believe more, your your siyata the shmaya in the in issue will be more based on your on your on your betochen. Versus, like, you know, I want to fly first class. I have to be on that level. Not everybody's there to fly first class there. So it takes years and years. Just tell about the story, maybe. And then we'll go to Menachem, and then you go to the <laughs> In conclusion. Oh, no, I'm not ready. I'm not ready for the close. Oh, I'm not ready. I'm okay. not ready. Okay. Closing. That's all the stories. You can say all the stories. Okay. Coach Menachem, wrap up tonight's share, and then we'll give it to Rabbi Stroll. Yeah, there's not much to wrap up. I just want to mention, first of all, thank you very much. And yes, I think tonight is. Not... Somebody asked me, it's ytatorah at gmail.com. Sorry, I think tonight is um, not only physic, is how to take it to act to practicality, how to actually use it, because uh, that's what we're talking is living with Hashem and how to live with Hashem. And um, I think we should all find one thing somewhere, not to wait till we get to that Madrega. We're there now and to see how we can live there now. And obviously, it's hard. 
be, the hard part is to think different. You might be living 20, 30 years one way, and here you are listening and uh, listening to new concepts and to change the way you think. That might be a little challenge, but again, relying on Hashem because he's the one who took care of you till today. And whatever you thought till now, you might have to think again and change. So that's where the challenge might be. But once we get that, I think it's, it should be easier. And the Mitzvah Shem, everybody should be able to take it in their lives, not only physic, to be able to practice and feel connected, closer to Hashem. We should be able to have Menuchas HaNefesh, to do what Hashem wants. We should be able to do on this world, the Mitzvah Shem. So thank you very much for the physic and for everything else. Shkoyach. Rabbi Shal Barak, please leave the oilam with Stiver Chizik. Take the whole two hours and wrap it into one. In conclusion, I just want to leave you with Bitachin is a subject that applies to every single aspect of your life. And to wake up tomorrow and say, I have Bitachin is nonsense. But what you should do is start with one area. Take one area of your life where you saw the hand of Hashem. There's nobody that doesn't have stories. Everybody's got stories. Everybody has episodes where Hashem has sh shown him the warmth, the specialty, the uniqueness. We just had a story we were coming back from Eric Israel on Turkish Airlines. Me, my wife, and a Talmud of mine. We stepped up to the the the, 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 the ticket counter. We had business class tickets, and the lady looks at our tickets and she says, "There's a problem here." She goes and she calls somebody from the back, some big guy in the in the Turkish Airlines, and he says, "Does." Come, come with us, come with me. And he takes us into a back office and he says, I want you to know that only one of these three tickets is real. The other two are forgeries. I said, forgeries, maybe it's a mistake. He said, there's 10 mistakes on each ticket. It can't be a forgery, it can't be a mistake. They're forgery, they're invalid. I don't know how you got on the plane from Cleveland with these tickets, but we can't let you fly with them. I'm very sorry. I said, we paid a fortune for these tickets. He said, well, and it's a full flight. He said, if you want to buy tickets, there's two tickets left on the flight. One is for 4,100 and one is for 4,800. And I said, no, we're, gonna, we're not going to buy the tickets at this point. We'll have to uh, think about our options. But if the worst, I could think of worse things, I told him, of getting stuck and getting stuck in Eretz Israel for another night. He said, I, he, I said, can I talk to your travel? I put him in touch with my travel agent and he showed him how it's, I'm just, like, he doesn't know what happens. Happened. The kids are, we were stuck there. We Baruch Hashem didn't lose ourselves in the least. I said, it's a little test. And in Mitzvah Hashem, Hashem will show us. It'll be another story. I had no idea how, I had no idea what, but my life, everything that happens in my life is another story. And we went over to the side, left the office, 
my wife said that she's going to work on Ein Eid Mulvada. And I said, my dear wife, Ein Mulvada, you have to have something. We don't have tickets. You can't come with a tissue, Ein Eid Mulvada, you can give them tissues. That were fake tickets, they tore up already. We don't have tickets anymore. Can't make Yesh She said, Hashem can do everything. So she started saying, tell him with Ein Mulvada, I mean, this other fellow, we're discussing our options. Now, 15 minutes later, this head guy came out of the office. He said, oh, you guys are still standing here. I said, yeah, we're still standing here. He says, what are you doing? He said, we're trying to figure out options still. He said, you know what? Don't go away from here. He goes back into the office, comes out five minutes later, and he says, what I'm about to do, I've never done in my life. And what I'm about to do, I never will do in my life. And what I'm about to do, even now that I'm doing it, remember, it's not being done. I said, I get you. I hear you cloud and clear. Put his hand in his pocket. He pulled out two first-class tickets. He said, I booked you straight through to Cleveland with boarding passes. You have nothing to worry about. Have a safe trip, guys. <laughs> I told the guy, you ever heard of the mileage program? I said, you earned yourself a lot of miles tonight. Upstairs. Use the miles wisely. <laughs> so did I shouldn't do it? Of course I shouldn't did it. Most people go, what? To stop trying, Getting angry to travel into That's why Shem wanted it. You got to be calm. But in every area of your life, it's different. I suggest what you try to do is look at certain expenses in your home and try to see the hand of Hashem and say, Hashem, I could rely on you. I rely on you in that area. You know, you. If your car works, your car doesn't break, say, Hashem, I thank you for my car not breaking. I'm relying on you. My car is not going to break in the future. You can have that reliance. A car doesn't have to break. A car breaks when Hashem wants it to break. You pick different areas in your life and strengthen your bitachin Hashem, and that'll be your basis to say, I know now rely on Hashem in this area. I now rely on Hashem in that area. People rely on themselves, they do exercise. They're stupid people, they think they do exercise, they're gonna live longer. Like Jim Fix, I always tell the story with Jim Fix. He was a famous, he was the guy who introduced the craze of running. He came up with this whole sheet because his father died young, his brother died young. He wrote a book called Running for Life. And what happened to him? He was a young man in his forties. He was running and had a heart attack, he dropped dead. I said, they should change the name of his book called Running for Death. A person that lives because Hashem wants you. I didn't say anything wrong with doing exercise. Nothing wrong. But you have to start this. But you have to know that start this doesn't help you. It's Hashem that helps you. Hashem is how long you're going to live. Of course, you're supposed to take care of yourself. But you have to realize there's nothing that happens without Hashem. And we're the recipient of Hashem's chesed, day and night. And this is our greatest source of power to build and get out of every challenge and to continue climbing every mountain in our lives. Have a wonderful evening, everybody. Bracha v'atzlacha in all in your yan. Amen. Thank you, everybody, for joining tonight. Hashem will see you next Sunday night, same time, same Zoom ID. Good night, everybody. Have a good night.
Hi, it's Coach Menachem here. If you enjoyed, please consider supporting us with a small monthly, monthly donation to help sustain the future episodes. And it will be greatly appreciated. Thank you in advance.